forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. Hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, Scary Stories, Stories to Tell in the Pod. <laughs> <laughs> I keep forgetting that we can't say it at the same time because of remote recording. And I know. I just tried. Travels. <laughs> I, I know. I'm sorry. I, I ran away from you because I didn't think that it could work. I know. I know. But you were right to do that. You were right to do it. Um, and that is a history of me and Andrew dating each other, basically. <laughs> We're when do we tell a, them, Andrew? We're going to have a whole special about, <laughs> about that nightmare for which I owe many apologies. We're going to... You... Okay, well, we're going to have Dr. Drew Pinsky come in and uh, moderate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Oh, my God. Everybody... Very much thought we were going to get married. I know. And and in another time, we could have. We could have. Yeah. You know, it would have different different time. But for now, and we're you know just what? good friends. Friends. We're very good friends. Um, brothers almost. Almost brothers. Um, if we were born 40 years ago, we definitely would have gotten married. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Um, Although I probably would have been married to the guy I went on my very first date with in eighth grade. Who I knew from karate. Oh, oh man. That go with karate guy. I don't know. He became a little bit of a, a touch of the neo-Nazi. Just a oh, teeny, no. teeny, tiny. Just a little bit. Just a little yeah. bit. Yeah, my, my, um, I had a, I'm trying to think who, I mean, I guess back then people just got married to the first person they, they like knew who that was like arranged to them by their parents. You know what I mean? In which case, like probably one of my dad's law partner's kids, (laughs) you know, like that probably would have happened. Um, probably, probably. Um, but we're talking about different sort of spooky things, not social spooky things. No, (laughs) we're talking about. Straight we read up stories from scary stories to tell in the dark. The series by Alvin Schwartz, illustrated by Stephen Gamble, and it's Monday, so you know we're reading a story from him, baby. Uh, you know you're gonna read it. Uh, you know. Oh, before we get started, just because I was, I want to talk about this a couple weeks ago, but then my phone died. Um, Anna, oh. that documentary about scary stories to tell in the dark um, is called Scary Stories, the documentary. And it's oh. on Amazon Prime right now. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's like, it's very, oh, it's very, it feels very um, like earnest and fan made. Uh, but it's like surprisingly touching. Um, and it goes into a lot of the, uh, um, it goes into a lot of the, Bannings, the fact that Scary Stories Down uh, the Dark is one of the most banned Oh, my books. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> is everything okay? The light just went out again. Oh, no. Is oh it my God. Your, your timer? It's on a schedule. I don't know why I'm always so shocked. <laughs> I'm scared. Ladybird, protect me. <laughs> I'm scared. And then you just hear Ladybird, like, grab a kitchen knife. 
And the, the sound oh, of like the knife sliding against the butcher that. block. But anyway, the documentary. Yeah. So the documentary is is really great. It's it's you can watch it on Prime Video. Um, and what's really moving about it is it goes into a lot of the um, bannings from the late eighties and early nineties, and there are all these inspiring stories about like librarians who vouched for the oh. books and like wouldn't allow them to be banned from from public schools. And there's this one part. Um, that like, I was like, how am I tearing up at this scary stories documentary where it's like a real blue collar dad at a, um, PTO hearing about getting the books banned and he has the books in his hands and he's like clearly a guy who's not very comfortable speaking in front of crowds. Um, and he's, there's like zero pretense about him and he like just very quietly into the microphone is like, listen, like I'm a single working father. I don't have, I can't read. I I work at night. I can't read these stories to my kids uh, before they go to bed. My daughter really loves them. And he was like, I can't afford to drive her. I can't, I can't drive her to the library across town. I can't afford to buy these for her at a bookstore. It's her like way into reading and an education and like a world I don't know. And I wish I had. And he's like, it, I totally understand if you're a parent who doesn't want your kid to read these books, that that's your priority and more power to you. But like, don't take these things away from my daughter that she loves so much. Oh. And I was just like, this is so moving. And also another interesting thing was um, something else that I was really moved by because I think there's a lot of like – and we've done this too. Like when we talk about these books, we're like the illustrations and the, the illustrations are so great and so great and they are. Um, we're like – and the stories are kind of whatever. But – an insight that I never really got was that um, was that Alvin Schwartz is primarily a journalist, and his focus in this was not to be like, here are these stories that I wrote. He like very specifically is like, here are folk stories that I've compiled. And his whole kind of philosophy was that like in a world where technology was advancing so much and people felt like they were getting uh, further and further apart, like he wanted kids to have access to like American storytelling and to be like in touch with the like um, – like folk tales, like like not not amazing writers writing stories, but like these are the stories that people tell as a way of like keeping like keeping Americans feel keeping Americans. Oh, what am I trying to say? He wanted this would to be a good hat. <laughs> he wanted to give like keeping Ameri- America's feel keeping <laughs> again. He wanted to give like uh, you know American kids this sense of connection to uh, people all across the country. Like I thought it was a really amazing thing. Um, I'm so glad these books exist and I love them very much. Me too. Yeah. The, the, um, this, yeah, it's just a great documentary. It's directed by Cody Myrick and you should watch it on Amazon prime. It's really great. Um, And we, we do, we do snipe and snark about the pros of these books, but that's just because we're overeducated. Exactly. um, And have nothing Nothing to do with these liberal liberal arts educations. Yeah, and his whole point was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna deliver this in the simplest language so that kids can remember it to tell other kids, which is like exactly what we've done, which I think is so cool. Oh, the best. Yeah, good work, Alvin Schwartz. Good job. Um, okay, well, this story that I'm about to read is from more scary stories still in the dark. Yes. Um which I would say has some of the scariest illustrations. Yeah. There's some real sleepers in there that are great. He, they don't pull any punches. Um, and uh, the story is called, it's on page 27 if you're reading along. Mm-hmm. Please do. And it is called The Bride. <gasps> oh, 
Anna. It's one of my favorite illustrations, too. The, the image just flashed up in my... Oh, okay, sorry. Oh, yeah, it kind of sucks. All right. The bride. The minister's daughter had just gotten married. Okay, she sounds hot. <laughs> she sounds hot and like a handful. <sighs> After the wedding ceremony, I just realized there's no way for you to participate in that. You're either like, hell yeah, or like, no. I bet she's got good <laughs> ideas. <laughs> She sounds like an engineer. <laughs> um, after the wedding ceremony, there was a great feast with music and dancing and contests and games, even old children's games. It's mm. fun. Yeah. It sounds like a good wedding. Can you imagine a wedding where it's like Jenga time, everybody? <laughs> There's <laughs> contests. Oh, I, I love, love the that. idea of a contest at a wedding. Me too. Someone should win. Yeah. Your wedding had some contests. Yeah, my wedding had some In terms con- of just who can sing the song. Yeah, it was <laughs> uh, we, our wedding was was DJed by our friend Annie Tip um who for that one day adopted the uh, surname DJ Tip Top and she <laughs> DJed from the dance floor from her iPhone and it was it was such a production it was so great. She did such an amazing job. I remember job. seeing that and being like God, it's the future. Yeah, and um, and there's video footage from one of the things that does look like our uh, wedding is some bizarre, uh, horrible cult because the lighting is totally red and a YMCA is playing and two of Chris's parents' uh, older friends are on stage leading the crowd in the YMCA and everyone is doing it in perfect unison in blood red lighting. <laughs> And it, is, it sounds like a cool cult. It is chilling footage, um, but that's what our wedding was like. But when when was your anniversary? Um, we got married October twenty third, two thousand fifteen. So it was four years that's ago. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Drunk though, drunk out of my mind. <laughs> One of the scariest drunks I've ever had. Oh no. Oh yeah. Oh shoot. Well, you had two open bars and four pulled pork sliders. We and did. Also, as it turns out, I'm a. a I should never ever have alcohol <laughs> and I don't. And, um, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. See, my, yeah. we had my our, apologies. No, my gosh. See, we thought, cause Christian, Chris and I both come from Irish Catholic families. Um, <laughs> and so we like had, we like bought all these, like more than enough booze, but everyone was dancing so hard that, that um, not nearly as much was drank as we thought. And so then we had just cases of alcohol for a long time, which was oh, scary wow. in and of itself. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah, I could use more of those risotto balls, though. I'll tell you that much. There was risotto. Oh, man. Yeah, arancini. Um, I missed it. But anyway, back to this wedding. <laughs> so anyway, back to this. There was contests and games. We love that. When they got to playing hide and seek... The bride decided to hide in her grandfather's trunk up in the attic. They'll never find me there, she thought. As she was climbing into the trunk, the lid came down and cracked her on the head, and she fell unconscious inside. The lid slammed shut and locked. No. No one will ever know how long she called for help or how hard she struggled to free herself from that tomb. Mm. Everyone in the village searched for her, and they looked almost everywhere. But no one thought of looking in the trunk. After a week, her brand new bridegroom and all the others gave her up for lost. 
Years later, a maid went up into the attic looking for something she needed. Maybe it is in the trunk, she thought. She opened it and screamed. There lay the missing bride in her wedding dress, but by then she was only a skeleton. Oh. And the illustration is she looks like a toothy fanged sort of parasite. Right. With mouth. Um, it's a skeleton. She's wearing a wedding dress. She's holding these really pathetic little flowers. Yeah, kind of petunias. They're kind of yeah. They're kind of like um like black eyed Susans, and the the ends sort of hang down like little claws. And she's got a big spooky um uh spider web on yeah. her dress and feet. And you can see her arm bones. And then she's got sort of scraggly hair. It looks a lot like my hair, actually. <laughs> like my length. And then she's got one big eyeball and then one like sunken in socket. Yep. And then she's got these long fangy teeth. And she and looks... She's going... She's going... <laughs> it looks like she's going, Aaron? Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. Yeah, she looks like she's in the backseat of a car at um, Carl's Jr. at two in the morning. And she's saying like, I, Aaron, do they have tacos? <laughs> oh my God. I actually need to stop looking at the drawing because yeah. doing that voice really brings her to life. This one really, this one really creeped me out. Um, it bummed me out because I just, uh, Buried Alive stuff is so scary to me. And she was in her own it's home. so Scare. She's in her own home. I feel like they did a bad job of looking oh because, my God. like, how big, how big could it have been? And if she wasn't there, why would you give her up for missing? Right. You're playing hide and seek. Clearly, she's stuck somewhere. Right. And she had to have been thumping around. She had. I mean, how thick was this trunk? Right. What was the grandfather holding in there that he needed the trunk to be so thick? I don't know. I don't love it. Yeah, I don't love what that reveals. That he's later revealed to be the BTK thriller. That was that was taken out of this draft. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just everyone's looking around and he looks at the camera and goes like oh. can you solve this mystery can you solve it um yeah and also I'll also say maid. that I have a trunk in my living room right now that looks that is a trunk no. and it's got a lid there's no um lock on it but uh I guess a person could get in it but it was a gift to me from my mother um, that it was my mom works at a um, convent nursing home for retired nuns. Yes. And uh, it was something given to her when one of the, n- the nuns died. My mom. She took it home and then I, I got it. Our moms have this in common where my mom also goes to places where like, like hospice has like a store. <laughs> <laughs> that you can oh, go to. God. And my mom takes communion to um, people who are ailing or sick or dying. And she's like, well, it helps them. You know, like <laughs> all all the money, like they get every cent of it. And I'm like, right, but I don't. Do you understand why I don't want this plaid shirt that belonged to someone who's dead? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you know? I know. I got, a, I got a beautiful Mazzoni button down shirt from an estate sale for a guy who was a performer and playwright at La Mama. Wow. But every time I wear it, I'm like, this is a dead man's shirt. I know. Yeah. I mean, that being said, I have gotten cool stuff from that place. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What? I need to go there. 
Yeah. I mean, it's also Florida. I mean, like, so a lot of times it's people who have had very interesting lives who then move to Florida to retire and they have all these like old weird things. Um, a lot of books, kind of some weird odds and ends, very often like holiday decorations you get there. Um, my mom got me a big sign <laughs> that looks like it's handmade that I believe just says like Wolfman lives here, which I was like, who made this? And also did they know that it was for me? You know, Wolfman lives here. Yeah, like a big, like um, a wooden plank sign with like a wire hook and it just says Wolfman lives here. <laughs> I, I really perfect. love it. It was a great gift. I'm proud of you. Yeah. I so here's the here's the the question I also always had with this story. Um is it so someone says like no one knows how, it's like the 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 book says like no one knows how long she like screamed and cried. Is it also implied that maybe she died from like just the 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 thing hitting her on the head or are we to assume that she was that she then woke up and was terrified? Um I guess it says no one knows how long. Yeah. It wants us to picture that, which I think is rude. That is rude. Um, yeah, it didn't say that she was posed like she was trying to get out or screaming or right. something. Right, although the, the illustration certainly implies a lot of horror. The illustration, her eyes are open. She's still alive while being dead, and she's going, ah, fuck, I'm dead. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. I think it's that these stories scare me because I can absolutely imagine myself in a situation like this. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I make mistakes all day long. Constantly. Constantly. I'm not aware of my body. No. And, and also, like, I don't know, the thought of, um, especially while playing a game, doing a dumb thing that then you pay for, like, ugh. I, my, when I was, uh, when I was younger, like, the neighborhood kids, we would always get together and play hide-and-go-seek. And I remember one time uh-huh. I had a very traumatizing experience where we were at someone's house and I... Um, hid in a closet and closed the door. But um, the door handle on the other side there was, was confusing or something and I couldn't get out of the closet. And it was a very oh, – no. and I was also like 11, <laughs> so I was too old to like have a full-blown meltdown and I knew that. Um, oh, and so no. I was trying to keep a sense of humor about it, but I was very much panicking <laughs> And um, oh my God. and I remember when when they found me and I came out and I was like so relieved and I was trying to be like it was totally fine but my the biology of my body was so strong that I was just crying and I was like no I'm totally oh, no. fine I don't know why this is happening <laughs> I'm crying because I'm cool yeah it was like and I kept being like no I'm I'm not hurt I'm totally fine as tears are pouring down my face man I'm like it's really I'm totally fine this is completely fine. If you think about it, I believe you'll find that the reason I'm crying is because I'm cool. This happened another time, too, when we were playing uh, uh, Star Wars Episode One had just come out. We were playing with those, like, double, <laughs> double-bladed double lightsabers that, like, uh-huh. when you pressed them in, they would, like, go, like, dunk, dunk, dunk and get shorter. Um, oh. And something happened where it went straight into my eye. I went, like, dunk, 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 like flat no. against into my eye and it didn't hurt at all but like the 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 shock of that happening instantly made my eyes start tearing and um oh yeah and i was so and like everyone was out in their yards it was like a beautiful day and like people rushed up to me and were like are you okay and truly i was like i'm fine i don't know why this is happening oh yeah, yeah. i i always think about there was a time I was in my neighbor's backyard and we were playing on the swing set and it was like, 
some there was some part where you could climb up, I guess, to get to a slide. How does swing sets work? So <laughs> that sounds play, right. Play set? Playground? Yeah. Play swing? Um, play set. Uh, play set? <laughs> no, that's And there not right. was like a wooden platform at the top. And I think I wasn't expecting it to move up something fell down and cracked me on the head and i just started crying and i remember being so embarrassed because i was like oh i'm crying the way that guys think girls cry (laughs) and like they're guys and i was like i just don't want to participate in being like a an expectation oh gosh right now yeah i know that feeling i i had um similarly I was three years old. We were on vacation. My parents – did I ever tell you the story? My parents were seeing Brigadoon. Have I already told the story? No. My parents – we were on of vacation in this place called Sapphire Valley. My parents were seeing a show called Brigadoon with their friends who we were on vacation with. And um, the the friend's kids were kind of a bad influence and they convinced us to sneak out and go to this Ooh. arcade that had a playground. And my oldest brother was like very responsible, being like, "No, you guys go ahead. Like, I'll stay back with I'll stay I'll stay back with Andy." But I was like three and was being bratty, and I was like, "No, I want to go." So we went, and um, we went to the arcade, and then my brothers were playing basketball, and I was playing on the uh, playground nearby, and I climbed up to the top of the um, <laughs> top of the slide and the ladder, oh, and there was no. a kid up there, and he surprised me and said, "Like, what are you doing?" And I. I let go of the ladder to shrug to be like, I don't know. But then in doing so, I fell backwards and my leg got tangled in the ladder and broke. And then I fell flat on my back and got the wind knocked out of me. And so I couldn't cry or scream. And so I just started dragging myself to the basketball courts. And then my brother, my oldest brother was 14, was only 14, but in my head was a complete adult, like saw me and was like, Oh my God. And then, he we ran he picked me up we ran to a burger king he called 911 an ambulance came took what? us to a hospital um in the meanwhile my parents watching brigadoon the show stopped and a state trooper uh, came on stage oh. and said could mr and mrs duncan farmer please step oh. out into the lobby something has happened to your son my <laughs> god yeah andrew and it never occurred to again like i feel so bad for my for my brother because it never occurred to me that he was not an adult but as a 14 year old he must have been like this sucks I'm about to be in so much trouble but he was very chill about it crawling crawling dragging your body dragging my broken body across a like play place (laughs) being being like having me rush into a Burger King I'm crying in his arms then being like we need to call 911 it just is um, – things were really – that. that's kind of my life par for the course. You're, you, you can't just have fun without breaking bones. No. It is, it is very much a Mr. Glass and unbreakable situation, I think. Um, oh, my God. But I'm not a supervillain, contrary to popular belief. Not yet. Not yet. There's still time. There really is still time. Man. Oh, insane i'm so sorry for you i'm sorry for the actors in brigadoon yeah i know what a what a disappointment sorry for your parents but it's still not as bad as getting trapped in a in your grandfather's trunk in the attic not as bad but it's still pretty bad yeah i mean i definitely would prefer it you know um, although you know what i i think it would have been more embarrassing for her to like live after if they had found her after a week and oh. she was like eating her own shit and like <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't see anything. 
just her wedding dress is covered in piss and shit and she's like ah uh you found me (laughs) like years later they're looking at the um her kids are looking at the wedding album being like wow the the pictures just suddenly stop at seven o'clock what happened and they're like and they just both get so quiet and mean yeah oh who would play her who would we cast oh this is good um let me think maybe oh so the show the bold type oh yeah yep um (laughs) i think any of those girls let me see yeah what are their names who's the who's like the british reality Gemma. you know Gemma. she's like a british she's like a british pop pop icon oh i don't know I don't know. I just imagine, I just imagine like, I don't know why. I just imagine a very tan um, kind of working class British woman as the bride. Oh, yeah. That's great. I'm going to hide. Yeah, like, I can see. I'm going to hide my granddad's trunk, you know. Yeah, I definitely see that. And I support that casting. <laughs> yeah, I could see like a Megan Fahey. Sure. Yeah. I love Megan That's, Fahey. Yes. Um. Oh, man. I do love the bold type. I need to start watching it again. What's it on? It's on uh, Freeform. Oh, right. Freeform. ABC good. Family, 13 Days of Halloween. <gasps> Coming up. Wow. Yeah, it's but it's now Freeform. I don't know if they even do it. <laughs> do you know what you're going to be sucks. for Halloween yet? Or is that or probably not? Yeah, an adult. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's a great shirt, the too. The pressure of... I have like stress dreams still a little bit about taking a nap after school on Halloween and waking up and it's 10 o'clock and all the fun has happened <gasps> and like not being prepared for Halloween. Did that happen or was that just a nightmare that you had? Um, I don't even know. Wow. I There were times where it was like, oh, I don't have plans quite yet. Oh my God, I'm going to miss Halloween. My favorite day. You had some really good Halloween costumes. Your um, sexy mother Willow really sticks out as a really great Halloween costume. Oh my God. That's right. That was such a good one. We had our um, Wendy and Jack Torrance costume. Yes. Those were good costumes. I was looking at that. Yeah. That rock. Yeah, that was good. Um, Andrew, you had the best Halloween costume of all time, I think. You were uh, Vampire Elizabeth Taylor. Werewolf Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. Sorry. Fuck. I was, I meant, <laughs> I was thinking werewolf and I said vampire. Do I have to go to the hospital? Yeah, I think we should call the ambulance. What is um, going on? Yeah, that was entire, it was the, that was the most niche costume imaginable, which is saying something, uh, because Elizabeth Taylor, there was a viral video in 2007 where uh, she was oh. being interviewed on the red carpet and she was clearly, you know, on some sort of pill necessarily. And um, someone asked her if she was going to get married again. And she just goes, married? No. Now I'm going to howl. Oh. That's right. She howled. Okay. And one drunk, uh, one drunk sophomore in the Carlisle dorm did get it. And I was thrilled. You must have felt really electrified. Oh, I felt electrified. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Chris and I this year are thinking we're like between a couple options. We, I really want to go as E.T. in drag and young Drew Barrymore as a <laughs> as a cowgirl. Like I really, really want to do that. Chris is not – Like a – Yeah. Like, like you know when – Both of you. When E.T.'s in you drag, you know, and has the wig on. And, oh. and then Gertie is like in a cowgirl outfit. Like that's kind of – that's what I'm imagining. 
Um, that would be the two of you. Yeah. And I, and Chris is, it's not that Chris is against doing drag. It, I think it's that he doesn't want to be in a cowgirl outfit all night, you know, but he, <laughs> he wants, and this is where I'm like, you need to understand how this is different. He's like, we should go as Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh. And here's the problem no. with that. Chris gets to wear like short shorts and like a like a short sleeve collared shirt, you know. And then I have to be like what in a in a crop top red shirt, you know. Like it's and just no pants. and no pants. Yeah, like I feel like it's a much. And he's like, well, no, we'd figure something out. I'm like, no, we know where this would go. It would be a crop top. You'd shirt. wear yellow pants, a long sleeve yellow shirt, and a. A red polo. I know, but then I don't want to do that either. You know what I mean? Like, no, I want to show a little something. Um, you do. And then the al- alternative oh is Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry. Because I still haven't let go of her yet, you know? You gotta. It's in season. It's in season. People want people want more. I mean, people are going to be like, what about Prue? And, and Prue's great. Prue's fine. But in terms of appearance, would not be as um, immediately identifiable, I feel. What if you were Christopher Robin and E.T.? Dressed up as a lady. <laughs> and then we'll be like, you know, you know, remember? And then just watch people's can, brain scramble. I grew up in an interfaith household. I'm like, what if the thing is that there's both? <laughs> oh, um, um, that's so great. Yeah. So that's what we're that's what we're talking about. Good for you. Before, uh, yeah, it's. Oh no. I don't think I'm gonna be anything. I think I'll be. I think Ladybird should be something for Halloween. Oh, that's I don't a have great, her costume yet. like a surrogate costume. That's a great idea. Yeah, she was a cowgirl last year. Good. It was a gift costume from um, Sherry Silverberg, uh, uh, Nicole Silverberg's mom. That's really great. Their new, she their new dog is so cute. In it. Oh, I know Dodger. I haven't met him. Shout out to Dodger. Shout out to Dodger. Um, and then the year before, she was Black Swan. Oh, that was and really a witch. Good. Um, I don't know. Maybe she'll be a little white cheat ghost. I think that would be cute. Oh, that is really cute. <laughs> yeah. Do, I wonder if she, is she like, am I being punished? Like just a, like a dog's understanding of Halloween is so interesting. I think she would be like, is this leading to a treat? And like, oh. what's going to happen to me before the treat happens? No, that's a great, that's a great, um, way to interpret it for a dog. Before we go, uh, Anna, what's something spooky that happened to you this week? Something spooky that happened to me is, um, well, Jason was in town and we went to Greenwood Cemetery <gasps> on a very gray day and we were walking. There's a, so Greenwood Cemetery, it's this big, beautiful cemetery, super old in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is, it's like rolling fields. It's beautiful. It's massive. They shoot a lot of things there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes back to like before the civil war, um, and there's an area and like a lot of them are like newer graves. Um, and then there's a, well, like one big hill that we were walking on that they didn't mow the grass because the graves are like these tiny little limestone little doodads. It looks like it's carved out of soap. They're so old. Oh my God. Um, and they're so fragile that they don't really mow the grass there. So it's just like, it looks like a country cemetery. Oh. Um, and so we walked over it and we're walking around and we get to the other side and walk down the bottom back to the regular path. And we turn around and there's like, they have these little black wrought iron signs that are on like a tall, skinny, um, black pole and like a filigreed little black sign uh-huh. that says, and the name of it was Hill of Graves. <laughs> oh boy. 
I went for a walk on the Hill of Graves. Yeah, where do they think of this stuff, you know? I really don't know. And then as we were leaving the cemetery, we walked in like a smaller entrance and then we left through the main entrance. And apparently there was a site-specific art installation that was going on in the catacombs that we could have gone to that like is only around for two months. Wow. <laughs> that had like closed by the time we got there. Wow. And I was like, uh. Like it was five o'clock and it was open till 4.30. It was like, oh, oh that would have been fun to. That's cool that they oops. do that though. I know. I should go back. You should go back. Um, what's something spooky that happened to you, Andrew? Um, oh, so mine is um, I, as I've talked about a lot, I've, I was a camp counselor many years ago for several years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone popped up on my uh, like someone you may know uh, list on Facebook who I mm-hmm. recognized as a camper from many, many years ago who I'm sure is now – a very well-adjusted, lovely person. But at the time when when this person was very young, I was convinced they were the Antichrist. <laughs> um, and this is for a variety of reasons. Uh, he was incredibly smart and um, like very insightful. His eyes were completely black. He was like six. He was like very, very little. Um, mm-hmm. And I, if I'm not mistaken in other other. My fellow counselors from way back when, maybe you can chime in if, chime in if you remember more clearly. But I believe his, his one of his parents was a criminal psychologist, and um, and oh. we used to play this game with the kids, uh, with the younger kids because it, it was a theater camp where it would it would be called like press conference, and they would like get up and they would say three facts about themselves. And then everyone would ask them more questions about who they were and then they'd have to guess. And it would be like, yeah, and it would be like, I'm yellow, square, and I live in a pineapple. And then like people would ask more questions. Blah, blah, blah. And this kid got uh, – It's SpongeBob. Yeah, this kid got up and he had the like the tiniest little voice. He got up and he said – his three things were – I hate peace, I love war, and I'm 10,000 years old. <laughs> and, and everyone, all the kids were like, um, <laughs> like asking him questions. And in my head, I was like, this has to be like a video game character oh. or something. And I was like, are you a video game character? And he was like, no. And it just like kept going and going and going and it kept oh. getting more and more specific. Um, like someone was like, like, uh, where were you born? And he was like, I wasn't born. Like just like crazy <gasps> answers. And um, and then finally at the end, people were like, I give up. Like we were like, who are you? And he was like, Spider-Man. <laughs> Which is like clearly not the answer. <laughs> and um, it did feel like we were in a long cat and mouse game. Uh, did you like hit him? Like, what is a camp counselor? No, I, the <laughs> the one because again, he he could be totally <laughs> lovely too, and he was like a good camper. But then, like, occasionally Spider-Man. things would happen that I would be like, something is up with this kid. Um, I another the the one like the one like very scary thing that once there was like a camper who had just lost their grandma, and um and no one had told anyone this. And they got in a fight during lunch, and this kid said to the kid who lost their grandma, your grandma's in hell. And then, obviously, he got in, like, big trouble. But, like, that's a crazy thing to say. So, anyway, um, again, kids do weird things when they're little. Um, I I was a, a, a you know, 
not very uh um Andrew, I don't think you ever said your grandma's in hell. No, I to didn't. Anyone. I never I never did. <laughs> um I think I'm trying to make myself uh I think I also thought in that situation, I did like I brought him to like time out and was like, you know, that was a really inappropriate thing for you to do. That was like you're going to apologize, blah, blah. And I think from that point forward, I was like, oh, I'm setting up in this kid's head like a dynamic in which several years from now when he's like the secretary of state, he'll have me killed, you know. Um, oh my god! Yeah, although he seems like again, uh, but anyway, he showed up on my Facebook. Uh, you know, people you might know, and I was like, <gasps> it was just such a surprise to see him there. Um, but I'm sure he's great. If you, if you recognize yourself to be this kid, please let us know. We'll set up a whole. <laughs> I have Gail King I have style interview. No doubt, I have no doubt that he's a totally well-adjusted, lovely person. But you cannot assume that. <laughs> There's no reason for you to think that. I think the combination of of his of one of his parents being a criminal psychologist, which maybe I'm inventing, maybe that was just like a rumor amongst the counselors. Um, but yeah, that really scared me. So that was my spooky thing that happened this week. I hate peace. I love war. I love war. And I'm and ten thousand years, years old. old. <laughs> that's yeah. That that's our shirt. That's our I shirt. Think. <laughs> That's our shirt, and it, it should. We should make tiny little ones that can go on babies or teddy bears. <laughs> Either one. Either one. Your choice. Um, I love peace. I hate war, and I'm ten thousand years. No, old. I love war, and I hate peace. I love. Oh, sorry. I hate I hate peace. Oh I love war, and I'm ten thousand years old. Honestly, honestly, the best thing I've could ever. Could you be serious? Um, really good. Anna, this was so much fun, as always. Andrew, this was so much fun. Thank you for sharing that you're great my, story. You're my treat and my treasure. You're my treat and my treasure. No <laughs> trick. <laughs> no tricks. No tricks. Um, thank you to all of you for listening. Please give us a little rate, a little review on iTunes. Yeah. Post about it. Tell people you like it. Scream it from wherever you live. Scream it on high. We love hearing from you all. Yeah. Thanks to our producer, Anna. Yes, thank you, Anna. For bearing with our asses. Oh, good lord! And um, uh, and uh, just before we go, it, we have a little secret to tell you. We do. Get out! <laughs> Get out! Oh my god, you shocked me! <laughs> Forever dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by dog. Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.